0: Our passage of scripture is from 1 uh, Peter, the second chapter. And uh, in, in the first chapter, Peter is reminding us who we are really. And he, he says that because you know that God through Christ has given us a living hope, and because you are called to be holy, you should. And we begin our reading in the second chapter, first verse. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you, then, who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Doctors and scientists tell us that mother's milk is best for our babies in the first year of life. It helps them grow healthy and strong, protects them from infections and illness. Uh, It contains hormones and, and just the right amount of Proteins and sugar and fat and, and most of those vitamins that they need to help a baby grow and develop. It provides a foundation, hopefully, for a healthy life. Likewise, baby or new Christians need spiritual milk. They need knowledge of Jesus Teaching and a basic understanding of God to get them on their way to that life of faith. But of course, they can't stay there. Amy Grant years ago had a song called Fat Baby, and it was about a Christian who never progresses in their faith and just continues to feed on that spiritual milk never progressing to the solid food of faith and the practice of all that they've learned. That foundation of spiritual milk we receive in the beginning should give way to an identity that calls us into being God's chosen people. And as the King James translation says, a peculiar people. Now, we Christians can easily fool ourselves or talk ourselves into thinking that we're no different from anyone else. And sometimes we use that statement as a defense, especially if we are feeling singled out or um, ostracized maybe for some reason for what we believe. Uh, There were times as a preacher's kid when in Sunday school or our youth group, the teacher would ask a question about Scripture and someone would point at me and say, ask her, she's the preacher's daughter. And I would say, I'm just like you, I don't have the Bible memorized. And there's some truth in that, right? We are just like everyone else. We are human. We experience life's successes and failures, joys and hurts, like anyone else, Christian or not. As humans, we are capable of the same emotions and attitudes. We are inherently good, created in the image of God, but capable of doing what's not good. In many instances, Christians behave in much the same way as non-Christians do. Christians are not always different, but we ought to be when God calls us to it. And the truth is, we should be downright peculiar. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So what do you think about when you think of the word peculiar, when you're kind of observing someone and you think, hmm, they're a little peculiar? What do you mean? Do you mean distinctive, odd, strange, weird? Christians are peculiar in that we are different because peculiar in a word means just that different different from the ordinary now of course there are people who don't follow christ to tell the truth who don't let their emotions get the best of them who help others and give and they're nice and good people believers are not the only ones who can live virtuous decent lives The difference comes in how and why we choose to live this way. We do it because we are following in Jesus' footsteps, following His instructions. And we have the Holy Spirit leading us and sustaining us. We are a peculiar people because we worship a peculiar God. In all the other religions, there is no God like the one that Jesus reveals to us in the way that he lives and he loves during his ministry. And think about the stories, the parables. Jesus said that God is like a father who gets mistreated by a wayward son and yet aches for him to come home. God is like an employer who gives a day's pay to workers for only one hour of work. The original hearers of these stories would have been shocked and would have wondered, what kind of God is this? Amy Jill Levine reminds us that in that first century world No father, disrespected by his son, would run with arms open wide, welcoming the offender home. In fact, they wouldn't run at all. To run, they would have to lift up their robes, exposing their ankles, and that would be totally inappropriate. Jesus tells us of this Forgiving and merciful and generous God, and one of unconditional love. The way that God loves us is peculiar, as illustrated in that prodigal son story, a love to which any good father or mother would aspire. God loves humans so much that he became one and then died for us. And so it's no mystery or surprise that with a peculiar God, we should be a peculiar people. We are to love as he loves. And according to John, in his first letter, Because God loved us first, we are able to love others. Listen to these words from the fourth chapter of 1 John. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever. But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. God loved us first and loves us whether we ever return the love to Him or not. And we are called to do the same. God's love transforms us into people who can do that. We can love others even if they don't return that love to us. What an odd thing, right? And what a difficult thing to do at times. But our Christian history is full of odd people. We are in good company. The prophet Isaiah preached naked for three years, seeking his people's repentance. Such a strange thing to do, but how often... Do we read and think of and quote Isaiah's beautiful and profound words to us? The martyrs sang hymns while being executed. St. Francis of Assisi left his wealthy home and family and walked naked out of town. You see, there seems to be somewhat of a pattern here, so I don't know. He walked naked out of town, put on a beggar's cloak, and kissed lepers. Weird. That's weird. But he's known for his love and his care of all creatures, human and animal. The 18th century Quakers came to hate the injustice of slavery. And after spending time, in their words, with the Holy Spirit and in prayer, they freed all of their slaves and then paid them for all of their labor. Unheard of. One of my favorite oddballs in church history is Polycarp. Sometimes I think I just like saying the name Polycarp. Uh, Pat and I are going to be new parents at the end of July. We're getting a puppy and uh, (laughs) a golden retriever. He was born last Sunday. Uh, We're excited. (laughs) I thought about suggesting the name Polycarp, you know, but I, you know, Polycarp, come on. It just doesn't work, so I guess we could have called him Polly for short, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Uh, (laughs) Polycarp was born a slave but he was adopted by a Christian woman who gave him a love for Scripture. And he lived at uh, a time during the most formative time really of the church's history. He was discipled personally by uh, John, by the Apostle John. And then in his later years, he was made the Bishop of Smyrna by several of those original apostles. During this time, Christians were being persecuted. And one easy way for a Roman soldier to find cause to arrest a Christian uh, was to ask them to renounce their love and devotion and loyalty to God and to pledge their love and devotion and loyalty to Caesar. Because during that time, no Roman citizens were expected to look at Caesar as God. They were expected to love him, to pray to him. When Polycarp was 86 years old, uh, he got wind that the Roman soldiers were on the way to his home to arrest him. And when they arrived, he invited them in. He offered them a meal. Uh, He asked if he might have time uh, to spend in prayer before they took him from his home. And they allowed him to do that. After he prayed, they, they took him to the officials where they asked him to renounce his love and his allegiance to God. And when he refused to do so they they took hold of him to lead him to the stake and he told them there would be no need to hold him or to bind him that he would stay among the flames he said leave me as I am for he who grants me to endure the fire will enable me also to remain on the pyre unmoved without the security you desire. He prayed aloud, the fire was lit, and his body was consumed. A peculiar God makes for peculiar people. Shane Claiborne is kind of a modern-day oddball. Uh, He just loves people and, and stands up. For people, and he mostly loves and stands up for those that most others don't love or want to stand up for. But we know that Jesus did the same thing, right? Jesus would eat with tax collectors and sinners, and it drove the Pharisees crazy. They didn't like it at all, and they questioned why he would do such a thing. It's easy to look upon the Pharisees in an unkind way, and some of them deserve it. But in their defense, they did not know that Jesus was God. They didn't recognize him as such. They didn't understand that the love and power of God was greater than any perceived sin, and that Jesus wouldn't take on their impurity, but the love of God that radiated from him had the power to transform their lives. I imagine the Pharisees just thought Jesus was a weird rabbi breaking the rules of the church, and they didn't like it. Jesus, however, was just trying to demonstrate the peculiar love of God. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then just a few verses later, we find God chose what is foolish to shame the wise. God chose what is weak to shame the strong. So, do you consider yourself peculiar or strange or odd or weird? Maybe the better question is do others consider you peculiar? It's not an easy thing. There are times we want to say, I'm just like you. A friend of mine posted a a meme on Facebook several weeks ago. And she said, this is the hardest prayer of all. And the prayer on the meme was simply, keep me different, Lord. I don't mind being left out. Keep me different, Lord. I don't mind being left out. When you love like God loves, people sometimes look at you sideways. They just may not understand your motivation. Again, a peculiar God makes for a peculiar God community of people so how about some homework to help us all practice being peculiar how about that Smith calls this two by four it's very doable it weds contemplation with action and personal piety with social justice the two stands for two hours with God two hours with God a week. And the good news is this hour counts as one of them. So you have six days, 10 minutes a day to spend with God. And how you do that is between you and God. It can be a devotional time. It can be in prayer. It can be reading scripture. It can be sitting still and being quiet so that you listen for what God has to say to you it can be taking a walk and just you know being thankful for God's creation around you so that's the two the four is over the next week plan four acts of peculiarity try saying that three times quickly Uh, Four acts of kindness Think about it that way And they can be as small or as large As you want them to be Again, that's between you and God You can let others go ahead of you in line You know, sometimes in traffic That is hard to do, right? Mm -hmm. Help someone with yard work Especially in this heat You know, maybe you have a neighbor That needs some help there Be intentional about having a conversation with someone you care about. Be intentional in listening to someone that just needs a listening ear. Two by four. Just try it this week. See if it makes a difference. It might be something you want to keep. Maybe not. Maybe you already have a plan in place that draws you closer to God each day. My prayer for us is that each one of us will grow in our understanding and our love of God and others by putting our faith into practice. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us and I hope that you found this message to be meaningful and life-giving. I look forward to you joining us next time, either on our live stream on Sunday mornings here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. It's at 10 o'clock a.m. Or if you want to join us in person, you're welcome to do so. Also here at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can find out more about our church family, who we are, what we do, and how to get involved, as well as more information about our worship services at www.bluffparkumc.org. Hope you have a great week.